This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Otis Barnett and Calvary Church in Inverness, Florida. For more information, please visit InvernessCalvary.com. Well, Merry Christmas. You know, we're today is such a a really special day. Um, you you know what I find is is that when people will go this just an extra step to worship, and I I really appreciate that you're here on Christmas morning, especially those of you who have children. Understand the pressures. Either you gave them all of their gifts yesterday, like we did. Or they are learning the discipline of self-control until afterwards. Um, you know, Christmas is so special. Um, my mom is here today, and uh, I, I was reminded in preparation of this message, which is the second message in this little mini-series called The Declarations of Christmas, I was reminded of my, my favorite Christmas. She, she probably doesn't even know which one was my favorite. There were some uh, not-so-favorite Christmases uh, be, just because of, uh, you know, I remember one Christmas they played a prank on me. Oh, she laughed. She laughed down here. Just, they played a prank on me. The one gift that I really, really had wanted, and they had it just created such an expectation in a young boy's heart. I had actually got this NASCAR racetrack. And as I had been asking, and it, as they rounded, as it rounded, it made noise. When the cars came off the track, it sounded as if they wrecked, okay? What more could a boy want? Only that, you know, I got through all of my gifts, and then there was no racetrack, and so I did what every, you know, thankful young man does. After opening up 10 gifts, I began to cry. And, uh, and then they, they said, well, you need to she, she says, just go to my room. Just go to my room. And I'm like, okay. Well, I walk into the room, and they had set up the track in there. And uh, I'm like, that was really mean, but this is great. You know? <laughs> and I, 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 my favorite Christmas, though, um, um, I don't know how old I was, probably around 10, um, 9 or 10. I call it the yellow mini bike Christmas. And I'll never forget it. I, I woke up, as all children do, parents don't be surprised, at 3.45 on Christmas morning. 3.45 Christmas morning, I had snuck out, and there, to my surprise, the, cookie was gone, the cookies were gone, the milk had disappeared, and there... Next to the tree was the yellow mini bike. The yellow mini bike, you know, a yellow mini bike, it has a, has a rope that you start it with. You remember these? I know it's, we've come a long way. I know our kids are like, what are you talking about? We get four-wheelers, electric start, you know, we're good. No, no, I had a rope, okay? <laughs> I had a rope, and we pulled it, and that's how it started. But yellow mini bike Christmas uh, was my, uh, one of my favorites. I remember pulling it and almost driving it out of our living room out into our yard, and I was racing around our one-acre plot, and we had these little culverts and, and ditches, and it's a mini bike. It's all it is. It's just really two fat tires and a, a small engine, but I saw these culverts as opportunity for my mini bike to become motocross. 
And there I was writing this. I really don't remember much more about that Christmas because I don't think I came in until I ran out of gas. Jumping these culverts on this mini bike, and I, I, I had this thought. I said, I wonder what my mini bike would have said if it could have talked. You see, as an adult, I was drug into this movie called Toy Story 3, and I watched the toys begin to talk and begin to have this interaction. And by the way, uh, it I wasn't crying at the end. It was allergies when he gave all the toys away. Um, <laughs> but I thought to myself, what would my yellow mini bike have said that morning? If it could have talked to me, it probably would have said, uh, son, you're going to kill yourself. It would have said, I'm not made for this. Um, uh, please slow down. Watch where you're going. That's too close to the tree. You're going to stick me in a fence. And I couldn't help but think, you know, God's gift to us has been speaking. It's been speaking to us. And in this time of prayer and preparation for this day, Christmas Day, a very non-traditional passage came to me as I thought about what God might want to share with you this Christmas. It's from John chapter 4. It's Jesus walking with his disciples in the middle of the day. And he says this. He said, I have to go to this place outside of Israel called Samaria. His disciples go on out in, into town to get some food. And he finds himself at a well. And in the middle of the day, a Samaritan woman comes. And theologians will tell you that there may be various reasons why she comes in the middle of the day. Perhaps she was a social outcast for whatever reason, but she finds herself at a well in the middle of the day, not a normal time for people to draw. They would normally come very early and very late. And yet Jesus is waiting there at the well. And this gift of heaven is waiting on a woman who is society's outcast. He says to her, give me a drink. She says, why are you even talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You guys have nothing to do with us. And then he made this statement, which I think will speak to all of us today. From John chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She goes on to think that he's talking practically. She says, you have nothing to draw with. How could you even? And this well is deep. Are you greater than Jacob who dug it? It's not that water that he wants to give. But I found in verse 10 
that God was actually speaking as the gift. That Jesus was speaking as God's gift to the earth. And he makes this wonderful statement. He says, if you knew the gift of God. The first thing that I want to declare to you today is this. The gift is wrapped in mystery. The gift is wrapped in mystery. Jesus said this statement, if you knew the gift of God, suggesting to her she didn't. That it was hidden from her. That for, for some reason she could not see what was only feet in front of her. The gift was wrapped in mystery. And, you know, uh, we always have this conversation in our house every year, to wrap or not to wrap. Wrap all of these gifts, go to all of that trouble, deal with the mess after, or do we go gift bag? But there is something about getting a gift that's wrapped in mystery. Not knowing quite what it is. Maybe sometimes you do. Maybe sometimes you wrap something that's so obvious what's underneath. You could tell. I don't know. Are you, are you guys like me? Anybody else shakers? You walk up and you shake it. And then something inside breaks. And you're like, ooh. It came from Amazon that way. <laughs> There's something about when a gift is wrapped in mystery. You see, Israel, Israel had been longing for the gift of God to come. Their Messiah, their Savior, the one who would deliver from all oppressors. And there, and there would be great voices who would speak from time to time. Prophets, the voice of God in the earth, would give grand announcement. And a, a wonderful announcement came some 700 years before Christ came. In Isaiah chapter 9 it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But even in this great announcement there was mystery. It was front a, a child you know, all of Israel is looking for a conquering king and the voice comes and says, a child will be born. They're looking for one who could deliver of all oppression. And so these words begin to reverberate. The government will be upon his shoulder. They're like, yes, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Wait, Mighty God? He was just a child a moment ago. So years Israel is trying to peek through the wrapping. And the gift is shrouded in mystery. But not the way that you and I think of mystery. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is asking for prayer, and he says this, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, the good news. When you and I think of a mystery, probably we watch so much television that we usually preface the word mystery with unsolved. Because there's nothing mysterious about something you know about. But the, the, that is our definition of mystery, just not a biblical one. The biblical definition of mystery is this word, it's mysterion, and this is what it means. It is not something unknowable, rather it is what can only be known through revelation because God reveals it. So the gift of Jesus is not something that you cannot know, but it is something that can be revealed by God's grace, the gift of his son to come as a child to be wonderful, to be counselor, to be mighty God, the one in whom will come again and all government will rest upon his shoulder. It is a revelation of the gift that causes one to know its value. Could be that you're here today and Jesus has remained a mystery to you. He's remained a mystery. You see people celebrate and you're like, oh, I don't get it. It's really not me. You see people dance. Maybe you see people Christmas Eve, I don't know, somewhere around 800 of us gathering outside Christmas Eve, singing and celebrating. And you wonder, oh, what's all the fuss about? To you, the gift. veiled behind the mystery. But I believe God brought you here today to unfold the mystery to you. Because God doesn't want to remain a mystery. Why would countless numbers of angels show up on the first Christmas and say in the loudest voice ever to heaven, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The favor of God that rests on men is what they said. The favor of God is upon you. To angels, they say, this is the revelation of the mystery. God loves you. He's extending his favor favor towards you and all of hell of heaven is celebrating the gift that many people haven't quite unwrapped God today doesn't want his gift to remain a mystery to you the beauty of the gift of God is that he wants you to know him. 
He wants you to unwrap it. He wants you to experience all of his grace, all of his goodness, the fullness of his spirit, everything that he offers in himself, he wants you to experience it. He said it to this woman at the well. If you knew the gift, who it was that spoke to you. This woman would get to know him. This woman, quite possibly, was one of the greatest evangelists and revival leaders of her day. If you read the story through, you find that she goes and begins to proclaim, and Jesus then does a two-day or two- or three-day crusade in her region, and many believe. And it started with this one who was the outcast who God revealed the gift to. And so if you find yourself feeling as if you've been disqualified in life, you're not. That if your behavior or your past, your family, your, your economic status, you feel as if you're disqualified, you are not. Heaven, heaven's gift says to you today, if you only knew the gift, who it was that's before you today, that's inviting you into a relationship with him, if you only knew the gift. And God wants you to know him. I believe that in this passage, that what you need to understand about God's gift of Christ is that he was only in mystery to be revealed. You say, why was it a mystery? Isn't there something fun about not knowing? You know, God does a lot of fun things in the Scripture. You know, uh, many times we talk, you know, this is, we're now talking about the first coming of Christ as a child, but there's a second coming of Christ as well. And, 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 and some people have tried to make the Scripture spooky. It says he's going to come like a thief in the night. And we're like, ooh. Uh, to them, though, that was actually a joyous thing because that meant that the groom was coming for the bride. The groom was going to be very sneaky, very sneaky. And listen, this would not work out with American brides. So young men in here, do not try this. This is Jewish culture. You're not Jewish. You're Gentile. You love bacon. Do not do this. <laughs> but a Jewish husband, after he had finished everything, adding on to his father's house, the father would say, son, everything is prepared. And he would send his son. But just for fun, they'd go in the middle of the night. But you know what the bride would do? She would sleep in her gown ready. Every night, ladies. Because he would be sending messengers saying, I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. So she would, in great anticipation, she would get ready every night and go to bed. And then one night he comes. You see, it's... It's God having a little bit of fun 
There's fun in the, the unveiling of his son. There is, that's why we say joy to the world. It's joy to know Jesus. Don't believe the lie if you're here today and you think, if I receive Christ and receive this gift, I lose something. You don't lose anything. You gain everything. You gain everything. The lie the enemy has been trying to tell forever is that I, I give up so much. And what we give up in comparison to what we receive, it doesn't even compare. This gift is wrapped in the mystery of his love over time. And the mystery of it all, the unveiling of it all, says this to you today. God wants you to know him. Not to know about him, not to know the religious stories, but to know him and to walk with him and to experience his salvation and favor the reason he came. You know, as Jesus the gift continues to speak in John chapter 4, verse 10, help me to realize something. The gift actually becomes your desire. You ever gotten a gift you really didn't want? Right in front of the people that, you, that are giving it to you? Oh, that's nice. In your mind you're saying, I wonder if they hid the gift receipt in there. See, sometimes we actually think that after we surrender to Christ or give our lives to Christ, that that's when the hard work begins. But I believe the gift of God, Jesus says different. He actually says, this gift will become your desire. This is what he says. He says, if you knew the gift of God, who it says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. What? I saw here that if someone ever receives the revelation of who Jesus really is, it causes a response. Jesus looked at this woman who had been through many things, many failed relationships, judged by so many people. She, he said, if you knew the gift, if the mystery was unfolded to you as God wants it to be, you would have asked him. I, I have this firm belief that, that many people in this room when you gave your life to Christ, you asked yourself this question. Why did I wait so long? What was wrong with me? What was I thinking? I was living this life of destruction and I thought those were the things that would satisfy me. 
but that we find that they don't satisfy at all. I think it gives us greater understanding of if I only knew then what I know now. We find that Jesus as the gift of God is walking the streets of Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19. And he says this, he says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. There could be some of you here today that you, you think the only thing that will bring me peace are the things that I am pursuing now. And Jesus isn't anywhere on that list. And you may pursue wealth and have a measure of success. And you may pursue anything that the world offers and find maybe momentary numbness to the reality that you're longing for something more. Jesus wept over a city and said, if you had only known the things that would make for your peace. I believe this is what Jesus was saying in John chapter 4. He was saying, if you'll receive the gift, the gift will become your greatest desire. The gift will become your greatest desire, your greatest pursuit. If you could let down all the walls and say, God, fully, I received your gift of your son. God, fully, no areas, no restricted access in my heart, no restricted access in my life. You would say, oh, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. If I knew all of his goodness, if I knew all of his favor, all of his power toward us who believe, if I knew him as comforter, if I knew him as the wisdom of God, the might of God, the counsel of God, the beauty of God, the prince of peace, everlasting God, if I knew him as all of those things, I would have asked him, and sooner. If I knew him as the one who would set free. If I knew him as the friend who would stick closer than a brother. If I knew him as the one who would become the substitute for my sin. If I had known earlier, I would have asked him. Jesus says today to us, if you only knew the gift you would ask. Today, I believe that's what the gift is saying to all of us. If Christ were speaking here, he would say, when I am revealed, you're going to ask me to do what only I can do in your life. When Christ is revealed, there is something on the inside of you that says, God, I want you to be God. I want you to work in me something supernatural, something greater than I can produce in myself. God, come, forgive me, change me, and make me like your son.
John chapter 1 says, when that humility comes into the life of man, humble man, who's receiving the gift, John 1.12 says this, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Christmas declares the goodness of God and the greatness of his gift of forgiveness through his son. I just want to finish today by saying this. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, there's been a gift waiting. Maybe you've seen it there from time to time in your life and walked by it. Said, not, not now. Uh, not now. Maybe some other time. Jesus' words to Jerusalem said, if you had only known your time and the things that would bring you peace. Many people are searching for many things in this life, but I believe the great search of all of mankind is to know God. And there is only one way. His name, Jesus. The perfect Lamb of God sent as a sacrifice for your sins and for mine. He came as a gift. He came selflessly, stripped himself of all of his qualities as the Son of God, took on humanity, became obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross, to pay the price so that we could be clothed in his righteousness. My encouragement to everyone today, don't walk by this gift. Not another day. This is your time. And he is God's gift to you. I hope you've enjoyed this message from Calvary Church. For more information on this message or to listen to other teachings, visit us at InvernessCalvary.com. Connect with us for all the latest news on services, events, and more through our website or by following us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening and God bless.